be honest with yourself first and foremost. Be honest with somebody. If it's not your spouse, you don't think you're there yet. Talk to a close friend, a counselor, but definitely get help is the overall theme. I think we're trying to say get help. Welcome to Start the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley, joining us from Maui, Hawaii. Aloha, Kamanzi Constable. Aloha, Jared. I'm happy to be here. All right. So this episode is not a kind of a fun-filled laugh, ha-ha episode. This is a serious topic. You tackled something that most men don't like to talk about. I know I'm a guy. I don't even know that I feel comfortable talking about it yet. We're going to talk about it on the podcast. Your article and title which is a question I'll ask you here in a little bit, but the title of the article featured on the Goodman Project, an addiction that ruined our sex life and almost ended our marriage. So that's what we're talking about today. Your article for the Goodman Project titled an addiction that ruined our sex life and almost ended our marriage. So for those people who are like, whoa, what's, what's going on here? Come on. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a pretty uh, heavy topic. And, and I, I think that Certainly that subject or that title is going to catch people right up you know, immediately. So let's just go there. So what, what inspired you to write this of all things? You've written a lot of articles on a lot of topics, but why this? I have been kind of tackling um, relationship stuff on the Good Men Project. I was kind of tasked with tackling that stuff. And I had written an article titled, My Weight Ruined My Sex Life. And in that article, I briefly hit on a subject that once I hit on it, like it kind of opened Pandora's door and that was the subject of porn. And when I mentioned that, that wasn't even what the article was about, but that was the most feedback that I got from the article was I had guys and some girls reaching out saying, Hey, you only briefly hit on this, but this is a struggle for me. Can you go deeper? Can you talk about this? Cause this is, this is hurting my life. And so I thought about it. I thought, man, I really don't want to write about that. <laughs> like that's, that's very uncomfortable to write about and then put out there in a public way. And I thought about it, wrestled, uh, wrestled with it, prayed and came to conclusion that, you know, I got into this. I started writing to help people. And I always told myself, I'm not going to be afraid to tackle any topic as long as Tanya was cool with it. So I told her that I was thinking about writing this. What do you think? Now, she was a little concerned, of course, but she gave me the green light to tackle it in a respectful way. And so yep. I did it. I wrote about the issue of porn and the struggles, the addiction that the hold that porn can have on you. And I, I opened up in that article, Jared, like I didn't hold yeah, back did. at all. I, I talked about my struggles with it, you know, seeing it at 13 years old for the first time at a friend's house and what that did to me getting caught by my parents. Then when I went out on my own, I kind of was was free of it. And then again, it found me again. I, I relapsed. And from there, it had a strong hold on me for a long time. I spent money on it that I didn't have. I let it, it ruin our marriage because I was so into the fantasy of what it portrayed. And I was an angry person. It made me very angry looking at porn. And so that that's what it did to me. And it it hurt me. And so I talked about that in the article. And then I talked about what somebody can do if it's got a hold on them. And I'll tell you, Jared, I've gotten the most response out of anything that I've written by far, like hands down. Well, I, I believe it. And I personally have seen some of the replies that you've received from being willing to open up and just be honest about 
you know, this addiction, the struggle that you faced. And uh, so I think the most common question that I've I've seen in the comments and stuff is, you know, what do you say, Kamanzi, to that man who doesn't like to talk about this, who's embarrassed about this, or maybe they don't, you know, maybe they know it's something they probably need to tackle, but it's just, what do you say to someone who's struggling with pornography? I say you need to get help. You need to find a, a group if you can. Maybe it might be a mastermind. Maybe it might even be something a little bit more official, like an addiction group or something like that where you live. I know a lot of churches, if you're a church attending person, there's a program called RU, Reformers Unanimous. And I know that's a pretty popular program in a lot of churches that tackles that issue. But I would say it's not anything that you can really tackle on your own. (laughs) It really isn't. You can say that, okay, I'm going to be better. I'm not going to do it. But the problem is we have access so much today on our smartphones, on our tablets, on our computers, the access to that, to porn, it's too easy. And so it's way too easy for you to relapse and to try to handle on your own. You need to get somebody else involved. If it's your spouse, if it's your pastor, if it's a good friend, if it's you know a program, whatever it is, you need to get somebody involved and you need to have some safeguards set up in place so that you can't have that access. Otherwise, you will. Man, I think that's a good one. I like the word safeguard, guardrails. For someone who's really, really deeply addicted to porn, guardrails are only going to take you so far. So I like the fact that you said you need to be having conversations with other people, whether it's a pastor or your spouse. Someone that's absolutely trustworthy and someone who is understanding, but someone that's also not going to let you just get away with whatever. I think that accountability is so important. What are some resources, Kamanzi, that you may uh, know of if someone's just saying, Jared, Kamanzi, I I could not talk about this to my wife. I, I just couldn't talk about this with my pastor or with a spiritual leader in my community. Okay, what do you say to them? I mean, they they want help. They're not at the position currently to go to those people. Maybe there's some other options that they can look into until they're ready to have those other conversations. You definitely would want to probably Google it and find some um, support, like a support group, someplace that can support you, whether it's online or offline. I kind of prefer for that situation that it would be offline, somewhere where you can go and you can meet. I think that's the better way to go. But Google that, find that if you are part of a men's mastermind group, maybe you start one. I've thought about that. I've thought about that long and hard. Maybe it's time for me to start a group that's just for men, where it's kind of a safe zone where men can talk about, or, you know, if it's just women too, you start your own separate group where you can talk about that and you can feel safe. Because I think that's the thing. People are worried about being judged. They're worried about consequences. You need somewhere safe where you can just kind of talk through that. I know there's settings on your computer. There are settings on your phone that you could put. Somebody told me about a program called Covenant Eyes. Yeah, I've never heard of that until somebody sent that to me where it sets uh, your settings to where somebody has a, somebody else has a password and you can't access that kind of stuff. So something like that where it's just out of your control, it's probably just the best thing because, again, it's too easy to relapse. I want to share a resource, Kamanzi. This is uh, our friend Matt uh, Dobschutz. He, he basically has a podcast and for people listening to this podcast, you know, this might be a good option. Uh, he has a podcast that's called Porn Free Radio. 
And uh, I'll just read a little blurb from his website here. It says, my journey to freedom started with the humiliation of being caught by my wife downloading pornography in 2001. It's been a long road since then, but I have found some helpful things along the way that allow me to live 100% porn-free. Find out about my story here. And you can go to pornfreeradio.com, and and, uh, he's got a free guide for you. He's got uh, tons of free podcast episodes that really tackle how you can become porn-free how you can overcome a porn addiction. And uh, that is something where you're not having to talk to your spouse. You're not having to talk to a pastor or someone someone else. So I would say for the person who is struggling, they're saying, yeah, I need to tackle this immediately. I think that is a tremendous resource that's safe and that can hopefully give you that courage. If there's something else that you need to take a step beyond that. Maybe that's a, a good first step. I don't know. What do you I, think about I, that? Claudia? I think that, yeah, that's great. And I think when it comes down to it, like the thing that I had to think about that kind of helped me broke free is what was going on with me, like what was going on inside me and kind of doing what I call the inner work of yourself, like what is going on and being honest with the feelings that you have and the thoughts that you have and why it's leading to the actions that you're taking or viewing porn or or whatever else or worse. Hopefully it's not worse, but figuring out what's going on with you and really getting whole as a person, I think that's the start of, of healing. And it starts from a place of honesty, dishonesty, secrets, hiding things. You're never going to heal. You're never going to get better. Just be honest with at least at the very least with yourself. If you're Christian, be honest with the, you have to be honest with the Lord because he sees it anyway. So you're not hiding anything from him, but starting from that place of honesty. You know, Kamanzi, we, we see this in the news, like pornography is a huge problem. And it, and it even got Jared, the subway guy uh, here. He's pleaded guilty to, unfortunately, child pornography, which is, uh, you know, I'm a father. You're a father. I mean, that's just detestable. And uh, someone like Jared, who's had tremendous success with his weight, who's had success in media and success in pop culture, has fallen to something so awful like that. It's a problem, man. Yeah. Josh Duggar as well in the last couple of days. I mean, it's yeah, this is not something that that's going away. I see a number of pastors that get in trouble for this. It ultimately costs them, um, you know, being in the church that they're in. They have to leave. It's caused marriages to break up. It's caused to your point in your article, it's caused people to spend exorbitant amounts of money that they don't have, which, you know, is is sacrificing their future. Let's touch on the anger part again, just for a moment, because you said that and I thought, why would porn make you angry? You're watching pornography. Isn't that supposed to be, uh, for, at least from the world's perspective, that's supposed to be something that's, uh, you know, <laughs> a release or something that's <laughs> maybe uh, yeah. someone argue that's helpful. But then you walk away from it angry. Let's talk about that. You know, I think I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, maybe it was the fact that the fantasy was over, that it was just mm-hmm. that moment was over, or maybe it was the fact of that I knew that I was wrong. <laughs> I knew that I had just done wrong. And the fact that I keep doing wrong, like I would always tell myself, okay, you got this, you're going to beat this. And then go a week or two weeks without looking at it and then look at it again and fall all over. And then, you know, I'm pissed at myself. I'm mad. I'm angry. So it may be a combination of all of those things. And even like the aggression that you would see in porn, like there is a lot of aggression. There's a lot going on. I don't think anybody is blind to the industry because there's been a number of documentaries and things. So we know what's going on. I think it just, it festers the anger inside you. Oh, one question I had was when you address this, 
What was that conversation like with Tanya? <laughs> the conversation, I think by now, Tanya kind of, I don't want to say she expects it, but she expects it because I haven't held back on much at all in my journey. It started slower with talking about things. I remember the first time I had written back in like 2011, 2012 about our bankruptcy. And that one was kind of like a shock, right? And so from there, I think she's kind of knows that I'm going to talk about things that are a little bit things that people wouldn't talk about, but she knows that they're going to help people. But this conversation was a little bit different, you know, because you're worried about family and friends. What are they going to think? What are they going to think when they see this? People you don't know, are they going to attack you? But we talked through it and talked through how to talk about it in a way that wasn't like, it wasn't obnoxious, like revealing two things too obnoxiously, but gave just enough to be, give a clear picture and to be honest about things. So I think once she saw that and actually saw it, it was good to go. Well, but even before that, Kamanzi, like when you were in the midst of this intense battle between, you know, wanting to do right by your family, wanting to do right by your marriage, but also this addiction, what was it like when you would talk to Tanya about this and she knows that you're in the middle of this? We didn't have like a lot of open conversations because I was hiding a lot of things. Sure. So I was the guy that would get caught. <laughs> that was me. But when I did, you know, then it was an, an issue of going to counseling and bringing that up in counseling with our pastor and just getting it out and being honest there and really praying a lot about that and putting those safeguards in place to kind of keep away from that. Come on, I'm going to put you on the spot here for a minute. If people who are listening right now, if you've had an addiction to pornography or, or if you even had, I'll say success or moderate success with this. What is something that has worked for you that has helped you with this struggle of pornography? If you're willing to share that, Kamanzi, do you think you'd maybe take some of those best takeaways or some of those best tips and maybe do a follow-up article with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I know some of these people will be like, okay, I'll tell you my tip, but don't name me. Yeah, no, we can, <laughs> we can, we can keep it anonymous, <laughs> definitely. All right. Well, I hope that people will consider contacting Kamanzi or myself. If this is an issue for you, I don't pretend to be a counselor, but uh, this is a matter that uh, I've struggled with. Obviously, Kamanzi struggled with. And our desire is uh, you know, not to let things like this master us, not to let this be a prison. We do want freedom in our life. And obviously, uh, from a Christian perspective, we believe that God wants that for us as well. So that's something that we care about and we do feel is very important. That's why we took the time today to just kind of chat about this for a while, even though it is a little uncomfortable. I've got a quote here. It's from C.S. Lewis, the author who wrote, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia. And he talked about masturbation. And, and I, I thought this was a really interesting quote from, you know, an author that I grew up reading books like Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Here it is. He says, for me, the real evil of masturbation would be that it takes an appetite which in lawful use leads the individual out of himself to complete and correct his own personality and that of another and finally in children and even grandchildren and turns it back sends the man back into the prison of himself there to keep a harem of imaginary brides he goes on and says and this harem once admitted works against his ever getting out and really uniting with a real woman for the harem is always accessible, always subservient, calls for no sacrifices or adjustments, and can be endowed with erotic and psychological attractions, which no woman can rival. 
Among those shadowy brides, he is also adored, always the perfect lover. No demand is made on his unselfishness, no mortification ever imposed on his vanity. In the end, they become merely the medium through which he increasingly adores himself. After all, almost the main work of life is to come out of ourselves, out of the little dark prison we are all born in. Masturbation is to be avoided as all things are to be avoided which retard this process. The danger is that of coming to love the prison. And I, I just really thought, man, that's a, a very well said quote there. Some people may have to play that back uh, to kind of grasp that. I'm surprised um, he even said that. That Wow, that was unexpected. Well, yeah, that's C.S. Lewis is talking about you know ma- masturbation, and, and, and I think it applies to pornography too. It is like a prison. And if it's truly like a prison, which I believe it is, why would you love a prison? You know, this is something that definitely has the power to destroy everything in your life, including uh, what's most important, which is your marriage and relationships. So I do think this is a good article that you've written, Kamanzi. They can look that up at goodmenproject.com. They can do a search for Kamanzi Constable, and they have a list of all your articles there. You've got a number of good ones, but this is one that's uh, fairly recent. And uh, let's real quick before we uh, end the episode, what were some of the comments and some of the emails you've received about this article? Yeah, there hasn't been many. There's been a few trying to defend it, of course. That's to be expected saying that it's not a bad thing, you know, you make it a bad thing. But most of the people that I've gotten response in the comments, like, I mean, there's been several people that said like their marriages ended because somebody was sneaking around and, and doing things that they shouldn't have been done or it started, started with porn and it kind of led to even more devastating things. But mostly it's been guys and mostly it's been the guys reaching out that says, hey, I'm admitting this for the first time to anybody. I'm struggling with this. I need help. I'm getting a lot of really deep messages like that saying, I need help. I don't know what to do. This has got a stranglehold on me. Well, it's no secret. I've talked to a number of guys too. And and when this topic comes up, it's always a little bit uncomfortable, but there's a number of really smart, intelligent, good men out there who are married, who love their families that struggle with this on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, I guess my, my hope and my prayer for those who are listening that, that are battling with this uh, is that you will really make a commitment to try to do whatever it takes to end this and to move forward. And Kamanzi and I, while we're not counselors, we are people that do care. And if we can offer some encouragement, you know, we're certainly going to try to do that. But uh, I think some of those resources we talked about early in the episode, you know, try to have that communication with trustworthy people in your life. And also maybe consider checking out that resource, uh, Porn Free Radio. That's pornfreeradio.com. That's our friend Matt and his free podcast. And then I love how you brought up uh, the covenant eyes for someone who's struggling, uh, you know, looking at pornography on their smartphone or on their computer. That's something that uh, maybe today, maybe the action from this podcast is you need to go out and you need a, a subscription to Covenant Eyes. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, you think that you can beat it, but you can't. Um, you you might be able to do for good for a while, but it's so strong, it's too easy to relapse. Yeah, well said. All right, so Kamanzi, do you have any final thoughts? Final thought is be honest with yourself first and foremost. Be honest with somebody. If it's not your spouse, you don't think you're there yet. Talk to a close friend, a counselor, but definitely get help is the overall theme. I think we're trying to say get help. Well, thank you so much, Kamanzi. Appreciate this. And we hope to hear from you. Go ahead and uh, reach out to us. You can tweet to us. I'm at Jared Easley and, of course, at Kamanzi C. Uh, we always enjoy hearing from folks that listen to the show. So if you don't want to tweet about this topic, <laughs> I understand that. You can send us an email as well. But worst case, uh, we hope that you will take some action and address this area. All right, Kamanzi, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. 
just be honest with at least at the very least with yourself. If you're Christian, be honest with the you have to be honest with the Lord because he sees it anyway. So you're not hiding anything from him. But starting from that place of honesty.